His whole life, listen, and his whole joy was this, that the people of God receive the Son of God. His whole joy, that God's people would know God's Son, and they come together, he's like, yes! Yes, I'm done! That's it, my whole life is for these to come together, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus here, yes! People are finding salvation, my joy! Welcome back to Live in the Light, friends. Thank you again for joining us here today for what we believe is extremely important teaching. Today's message in our Less is More series, looking at the life and the ministry of John the Baptist, takes us to the heartbeat of who John really was. John chapter 3, verse 25 through 30, in part contains these sweet words by John, he must increase but I must decrease. It's a message that we pray opens eyes, prepares hearts, and leads mouths to cry out for his grace. Pastor Robbie explains more with today's message in John chapter three now. Now, when John said this, was he looking forward? Did did he understand what was coming in the New Testament biblical imagery of, of bride and bridegroom of church and Christ? We can't be sure. But the Old Testament also was rich in imagery of this type of language. Was John drawing from that? Probably. One thing's for sure. Practically, he was speaking of a Judean wedding. And just like our weddings, a Judean wedding would have a bride, a bridegroom, and a friend or a best man. Now, he compares himself with the best man. Amazing. Just think what the best man is responsible for within a wedding, a best man of integrity. It's the best man who finds the greatest joy that the wedding goes without a hitch. It's the best man who does whatever he can to see the bridegroom ready to receive his bride. It's the best man when he has such love for the bridegroom as he sees the bride coming down the aisle and he connects the two together as they're coming in. Tears well up in his eyes because he's so overwhelmed at the joy that is found between these two that were destined to be together and his joy is found to be complete in the union of the bride and the bridegroom. That's who the best man is supposed to be. His joy is outside of himself. His joy is within the relationship that is before him that he has been called to support and help to bring together. No proper best man would ever want anything different. But as one commentator said, listen to this, and we're very wise to listen. He says, put yourselves in John's shoes and just in the temptation of the flesh. It's not easy to see another's influence growing at the expense of one's own. It's even less easy to rejoice at the sight. How do we do when all of a sudden we find ourselves in the background where we used to be in the foreground? How do we do? John's like, he's like, I couldn't be more happier. I couldn't be more filled with joy. My joy is complete. The joy of complete that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, look what he says at the end of verse 29. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. And notice again, notice in verse 29, what is he rejoicing in? The best man, the friend, when he stands and hears him, he, he hears what? He hears the voice. 
And it says, he rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Just the voice of Christ. John, his joy is fulfilled at the hearing of the arrival and the coming of Messiah, Jesus Christ. Let's do a little word study of voice in the gospel of John. I think it's very interesting. Notice this. So this is how John described himself. I am the voice. So, so, so John is the voice. He's, he's the voice for Christ. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. And then our verse here now. Next verse. Our verse we're looking at today, right? He says he rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. The one voice crying out and can't wait to hear the voice of the Son of God. Next verse now. In John 10, Jesus says this, my sheep hear my voice. See, when you truly hear the voice of Christ, I know them, he says, and they follow me. When we hear the voice of Christ, just like John saying, I rejoice at his voice, his voice, I follow my whole life. And Jesus says, when those truly hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. When you really, really hear the voice of Christ, man, you're not playing church. You're not half in, half out. You, you are going where Christ is going. Uh, next verse. Know this. Jesus, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I mean, what a voice. Amen, church? Now, the preacher joke goes, the reason he said Lazarus, if he just said, come out, then everyone would have been raised from the dead, right? Right? But he has to be specific because his voice is so powerful and so glorious. Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus is raised from the dead by the mention of the word. And then one more verse. There's a bunch of these in John, but John 18. Jesus before Pilate, he says, everyone, no, 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 who's this for today? Everyone who is of the truth. Think, think, think. Maybe pray, pray, pray. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Are you of the truth? Because if we are, we listen to the voice, the voice of Jesus. So the best man, he hears the bridegroom's voice. The bridegroom is here to receive his bride. The joy of John the Baptist is now complete. Now notice, his whole life, listen, and his whole joy was this, that the people of God receive the Son of God. His whole joy that God's people would know God's son and they come together, he's like, yes, yes, I'm done. That's it, my whole life is for these to come together, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is here, yes, people are finding salvation, my joy. God make us like that, huh? Our greatest joy is seeing people saved. Our greatest joy is serving others in the cause of Jesus Christ, God help us. I know that we're far from that at times. But this is where we're being called to that right now again. God, what does it mean that my greatest joy is seeing the lost found and, and, and weeping over those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ? John's ministry is preparing people for the first coming of Christ. We are called to prepare people for the second coming of Christ. As we've heard in this series, this is to be our joy. Look at this verse from Thessalonians, look, look what Paul says about joy and where it's rooted. He says, for what is our joy, hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus 
at his coming. Now, look at what Paul's saying there, okay? He's, okay, what are we hoping in? What's our joy? What's our crown? What's our reason for boasting when Jesus Christ appears? I mean, think about it. Jesus Christ appears, and what are we feeling? Jesus Christ appears, what are we thinking? Jesus Christ appears, what are we saying? And Paul says, when Jesus Christ appears, our hope, our joy, our crown, our boasting, notice, for you are our glory. Is it not you? For you are our glory and our joy. Paul says, my joy of boasting before Christ when he appears is that you are alive in Jesus Christ. It's incredible. Like his whole life, and like John the Baptist, Paul, they got something in common here. Yes, God's people, God's son. Yes, my joy. Yes, my glory. God, help us. God, fill us with that burden. And you just know deep down he's right. You know he's right. You know that's where joy is found, in Jesus. And seeing others come to Jesus. Just this past week, multiple stories of people, supernatural stories of people being saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ through this place. And just to see, again, to, to know the joy of what it means. Someone has just been rescued from eternal death. Someone has just now been reconciled to the living God. Another life, Jesus Christ is building a church and another individual is no longer gonna be under the bondage of their sin and the condemnation of that and spend an eternity separated from God, but now they are children of God and they can sing to God and love Jesus Christ. I mean, what is, what is more important than that? God, help us. That's why it's so good to have perspective and recognize our position that our joy is found in Christ. I want to show you a picture of two people you saw just over a month ago, Laura McKay and Jim McDougall, two of our saints who passed away again just over a month ago, grieving their loss and yet celebrating their joy now in Jesus Christ. The reason I show them to you again, because just this past week, both of their spouses also passed away. Next picture. I mean, within days, again, within days, Laura and Jim pass away, and then you have Art McKay this past week, and then Lois McDougall, loved saints in our church, like saints, saints. They weren't perfect, but they worshiped the one who was. And bless, bless Art. Past many years, coming to church with his walker, just, I mean, he, he had such a wonderful sense of humor, a light in his eyes, such an encouragement just loved you. you know what's amazing? When you get to this stage of life, there's a bunch of things you're not worried about anymore, amen? There's a bunch of things you're not gonna complain about anymore because you got so much perspective flowing through your spiritual veins. You're just like, I'm not gonna bother with that, man. I'm focusing on that, which is most important. Lois McDougall. Wow. For anyone who knew Lois, she was just tremendous. I mean, just, she's a spiritual bulldog, you know? strong woman, a beautiful woman. She meant all of these, meant so much to me. I just think, you are a joy in our glory to finish the race, to finish the race. All of them struggled in their own way, right? The ups and the downs, the pains of life, the battles, the trials, the perseverance, the encouragement, the endurance, though. And now think, and now think, but loved ones, the sorrows, the sorrows in our church continue, Right? This past week, next picture, Mark Jones went home to be with the Lord. Mark in his early 60s, he was a greeter in our church for many years. He was one of the original four couples when this church began, one of the original four couples. He struggled with health issues for so many years. He had MS and it led to different complications and eventually it 
put him in the hospital a, a number of weeks ago and the complications that occurred and his body started to break down and we were praying so much that he would be healed and able to be sustained. They thought he would be, but all of a sudden it took a turn and within, I remember seeing him in the hospital just over a week ago and be able to pray with him and look at him and the pain started to set in and a week later he's gone. Maybe you remember Mark pray for his incredible wife Jennifer and their three kids and the grief they have to go through right now and all that's there. And Mark is our joy and our glory. He is to me. What's happening right now? Perspective's happening. Um, position is happening as well. Just consider this right now that the bride, in this case, is of the saints we just put in front of you. The bride is now meeting the bridegroom. This is the reality. Now, someone said to me this week, again, about situations like this, they said, well, you know what? This Christmas, they're celebrating this Christmas with Jesus himself. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. Kind of jealous, have to admit. Can you imagine sitting down with Christmas with Jesus. That's what they're doing. Loved ones consider their joy is now complete. It's complete. Everything they've ever wanted, desired, and lived for, everything, everything they've ever hoped to be is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is joy. Jesus is joy. Consider Christmas. Consider the joy of Christmas. Think about it. The angels, good news of great joy. The wise men, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, the text says. The shepherds, they returned and glorifying and praising God. Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Simeon holding Christ, now I can die. John the Baptist, in the womb, in the womb, leaping for joy at the sound of Mary's voice, who is carrying Jesus Christ within her womb. Consider, every ounce of Christmas joy, Every ounce of joy related to Christmas in Scripture is 100% found in Jesus Christ. Every ounce of Christmas joy is rooted in Jesus Christ. Loved ones, this is because Jesus is joy. He's perfect joy. Do not be fooled by the world. Jesus equals joy. Many of us right now, we're, we're tempted to think, man, if I can just get some just get some sleep. Sleep is the answer. We're tempted to think, like, just get some rest. It's good, it's good. But, 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 but sleep is the answer. No, no, incorrect. Jesus is the answer. If I, if I can just have that Christmas bonus, that is the answer. No, incorrect. Jesus is the answer. If, if I can just, kids, if I can just get to the gifts of Christmas, I just, I just want the presents. Adults? If I can just have those gifts for Christmas, right? No, 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 no. The gifts aren't the answer. The gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ, he's the answer. Christmas break, Christmas break. Oh, just make it a Christmas break. That's the answer. Ultimately, no, it's not. Jesus is the answer. I said one of my children this week, and we're looking forward to a few things that are coming up and stuff, and just had to remind one of my children. I said, well, you know that that's not the answer. You know that Jesus is the answer, right? And and it looks at me strangely sometimes, you know. 
we were talking about my wife Jill a couple weeks ago and just even my own temptations to think if I can just get here, just do this and just had to say it loud and say to her and just say, you know what, I'm tempted to think that this is the answer but the reality is Jesus is the answer and you know, so you can feel sorry for my family. They have to put up with a lot when it comes to me, all right? All these conversations of hearing dad kind of process his own mind and heart and all that kind of stuff too but, but it feels good to say it because it's so true and so right, isn't it? Isn't it? Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look to him. Look to Jesus. Stare in the manger. Stare at the child sent for you. Recall the gospel. This Jesus. Jesus is joy. John the Baptist totally got this. And notice he's like, man, I just hear his voice. My joy is complete. He's here. He's here. The proper perspective. All I have is grace. The proper position. My joy is complete in Christ. And finally, the proper plea. What's the result of this? Well, now we plea. What's our plea? He must increase. I must decrease. That's verse 30, John 3.30. The theme verse for this entire series right here. John says that. He must increase. I must decrease. Notice the word must there. Why is that important? It's, it's said with great strength in the original. There's no wiggle room. This must happen. This is the certainty of God's will. This is the gospel lived out, right? As commentators have pointed out, this is the third must in John 3. The first must occurs in John 3, 7. It's the must for the sinner. Notice, uh, you must be born again. Sinner. You must be born again. Then notice the must for the Savior, John 3, 14. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. And then finally the must for the sinner, for the Savior, and the saint now, the must for the saint, John 3, 30. He must increase. I must decrease. Consider that John the Baptist was like a star in the sky. But think of what happens when the stars are shining in the sky, but the sun starts to rise. As the sun starts to rise, it very quickly the stars start to fade. And as the sun comes up, the stars disappear altogether. John the Baptist was a star shining in the sky, but then the sun rose, S-U-N rose, and then the sun, S-O-N, the Son of God became the light that caused any other star to disappear completely and John couldn't be more thrilled. Yes, yes, I'm fading. I'm fading off into oblivion because we're making room for the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, how do we do, how do we do when that's our situation that one place we're front and center and we're hopefully with pure motivations and we're there and we're serving the Lord but all of a sudden someone else kind of steps in front as they probably should and then we're placed again in the background are we like hey what are you doing get out of my way this is this is my ministry this is this is this is my time this is my thing or or do we see it for the glory and cause of Christ and we put ourselves in the background and the supernatural ability to rejoice that we are decreasing that Jesus Christ is increasing now that is such a powerful way to live that is so rare in our day it's John the Baptist though to truly have eyes to see and to rejoice. If Jesus Christ is increasing, oh Lord, the joy that is found 
within our hearts. Do you know what's so interesting too? Jesus said of John the Baptist, and we should come to this next week, but Jesus said that there's been no one greater born of woman than John the Baptist. Think about what that says about the value system of Jesus. The value system of how Jesus views us. There's no one greater born of woman of woman than John the Baptist. And his whole mantra for his whole life was, I rejoice in becoming less as Jesus Christ becomes more. No one greater than John the Baptist. Hmm. It tells you a lot about the value system of our Savior. So let's end here today with this, okay? There's a lot of deep spiritual talk going on. It's incredibly important, incredibly valuable, I pray, incredibly encouraging as well. But here's the question, okay, okay, so how do I decrease? Exactly, Robbie. How do I see this start to take root practically within my life? A few things I jotted down right here, okay? You want Jesus to increase and you must decrease, number one. Number one, this. Offer thanksgiving and praise because it's so powerful. Okay, so this is not cliche, loved ones. This is incredibly powerful way to live. Deuteronomy 8, the warning is, listen, when you're blessed and God blesses you, do not forget where you came from. Do not take for granted. Do not forget that God is the one who gave you all these gifts. Don't become proud. Don't become arrogant after you have been blessed and somehow think it's your strength or, or your, your might that brought this. No, 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 no. Never forget the reality of who we were before Christ. What happens here? Well, you begin to offer thanksgiving and you praise Jesus Christ. Right? So you start to look at your life. You start with the reality, no matter how bad life is for you right now or me or we think it is, all of us can choose if we're saved in Christ to open our Bibles to the reality of the gospel and list a thousand different things that pertain to our reality in Jesus Christ now that are the most important things we could ever have received. And you start to say them out loud. Lord Jesus Christ, Father, thank you that, man, I remember I was so dead. I'm alive right now. I cannot lose. I'm headed to heaven. I will never be lost. I've been redeemed every sin. I mean, do you ever, ever think about the sins that you used to commit or the sins that you commit even today and you think about the horrific nature and then you're just like, but the gospel, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost too good to be true, but it is. And what happens? Well, then your mindset goes off of self and onto Christ and you begin to praise the one who is worthy. And in that moment, you are literally out loud things, being thankful and praising God. You start to decrease and Christ starts to increase automatically in that moment. That's what happens. I mean, try it. A sincere heart, you, you continue to do off of me on Christ and you, and you become less and Christ becomes more because all the glory is going to Christ. Number two, Preach the gospel to yourself. We just did that even right now a little bit. First Timothy 1, Paul says, but I remember when God's mercy came upon my life, I was the chief of sinners. How is it possible that I'm alive in Jesus, he's saying. In that moment, Paul's like, I'm the worst of the worst, decrease. Christ is the best of the best, perfect, increase. See what happens there? So again, you, you, you preach, I, I recommend, out loud to yourself. You say, people think I'm weird. Weird for Jesus, man. Out loud, rehearse the gospel. Remind yourself of what is true. It's just true. 
And as we do that, we become less Jesus Christ, becomes more perspective, position, joy. Thirdly, put others first. Serve. Amen. Consider others more significant than yourselves. Why? This is the heart of following Christ, washing other people's feet. And Jesus grabbed a towel, put it around his waist, stepped down, and started began to wash his disciples' feet. And Peter's like, no way, man. You're never doing that to me. Jesus like, Peter, you better let me do this, man. This is really important. I'm setting an example for all of you for the rest of time. We are to become less. We are, we are called to serve. I love starting many days and trying to intentionally think about this and say, Lord, would you give me specific opportunities by your Holy Spirit to serve, to serve others, big, small, medium, doesn't matter. Think about this within your immediate context. Think about this within the church, serving others, washing people's feet, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, placing ourselves in a place of servanthood, which is so, so much of the gospel. It's how we, de- if we're just walking around, everyone wants to serve us, well, obviously that's not gonna go great. Because if we're in serving us, we're just increasing, Christ is decreasing in our own mind. And then our joy leaves us. Fourthly, don't compare. Because think about it. Every time we compare, we're elevating ourselves. See, this is why jealousy and envy are so killer, as we heard today, right? Well, how come I don't? How come, I want to be like, I want to have what they have. It's just, it's, just, it's just like Jesus is being put down. We're being put up, whatever. And we forget all that we've been given, again, from heaven, every good and perfect gift, everything we've received, Think about that. Think of how much jealousy, competition, envy, rivalry, selfish ambition kills the spirit of God within our lives. Lastly, surrender with prayer. And this is not a cliche. That is absolutely awesome theological truth. Um, it's freedom, right? It's, it's the clenched fist to the open hands. And the situations we face in life right now, and just to say, Lord, am I holding on trying to manipulate control? Or God, by prayer and surrender, I'm gonna open my hands to you and say, Lord, it's yours. Your will be done. He must increase, I must decrease. The freedom that comes from the heart that truly gets to that place, it's so powerful. And we end our whole message with a quote from Martin Luther. Here it is, so good. God created the world out of nothing. So as long as we are nothing, he can make something out of us. Look, look. God created the world out of nothing. So as long as we are nothing, unless a seed falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So he can make something out of us. Amen, church? It's hard, it's hard. But it's so right. And that's where joy is found. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, it is hard because our flesh wants to do anything but respond in obedience to this message. Our flesh wants to do anything. Satan wants us to do anything but be obedient to John 3, 30. But the Holy Spirit in us says it's right. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. The Holy Spirit in us says it's the path to freedom and joy and light and love. The Holy Spirit says this is when lives are used for the glory of Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray even right now, we would take our voices and we would say, be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. 
Yes, Lord, for all you've done. Your name be louder, louder, Lord, than our own. You be exalted. You be praised. I pray even now, give us joy as we begin again the process of decreasing that Jesus might increase. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, certainly with a message like we have heard today from God's Word, there's bound to be some good, solid conviction. But with conviction, we hope that you also see the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ available to you today for those of you who would turn from your sin and find Jesus Christ and his forgiveness again today. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We recognize that here at Live in the Light. And listen, if God's been changing you and growing you or even challenging you particularly today, and you'd like a copy of today's message to let that soak a little more, we'd encourage you to visit us online at liveinthelight.ca, liveinthelight.ca. And hey, while you're there, why not drop a comment and let us know how we can be praying for you. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can visit us through our phone number at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-54448. Well, that's all for today here at Live in the Light. We hope to see you next time. And God bless.